And we're back, Stripe Show Podcasts, on a Tuesday. I'm your host, Travis Holt. Thank you for making us part of your day. we got a special one here, folks. Uh, top teacher out of Georgia. Works with lots of PGA Tour players, lots of amateurs. His name is John Tillery. We'll get to him in a second. I'm going to talk to him about where one of his students, Ricky Fowler, is at as we head into the 2022 season. As we kind of continue down this path, really, and not plan completely this way, but this this path of these teachers working with these players, uh, designing swings, making changes in swings uh, that are going to protect their back. They're back not only now, but for the long term. We talked to Chris Como last week about Jason Day and some of the things that they're doing. Huge changes, great response. We appreciate you uh, tuning into that. And then today with John Tillery about Ricky Fowler. Ricky Fowler, his hats and back issues. A little bit different on, on how they're being created. Um, but where are they on those changes? What's working? What isn't? Got some questions for John Tillery. Before we get to that, though... Uh, quick announcement here. On Wednesday night, this week, College Golf Showcase. Don't miss it. It's going to be on Golf Channel, 7 p.m. Eastern. I was fortunate enough to be a part of the team there um, on, uh, on on the golf course, walking with the students, interviews and whatnot. Four of the top collegiate players on the men's side, two on the women's side. Rob Riggle, Jerome Bettis, presented by PXG. The show is called College Golf Showcase. Don't miss it. 7 p.m. Eastern on Golf Channel Wednesday night this week. Secondly, before we get to John, my new website is up, travisfoltongolf.com backslash membership. Go check it out. New membership launching in 2022. I'd love to have you. Lots of great stuff in there um, from my new training programs. I've got five new training programs, online lesson options. There's going to be some Stripe Show podcast exclusives that are going to live on there um, where I'm going to be doing more X's and O's swing breakdown with the top teachers and players. Our first in January will be Drew Steckel. Drew is one of the best coaches that you may not know about. He doesn't market himself. He doesn't put himself out there. All he does is teach at an extremely high level and his players win. Jason Kokrak, Kevin Na, and others. You're not going to want to miss that. Uh, big giveaway. So many things. Lots of stuff that's going to be in there in my membership. Go check it out. Take a look at it. Join or perhaps maybe a gift card for someone special in your family or a friend. All right, enough with that. Let's get to our guests. Top teacher, Ricky Fowler, Kevin Kisner, Hudson Swafford, Bryce Garnett, their coach, John Tiller. And joining us now from Cuscoilla, Georgia, He's waiting on one of his players, so he uh, he was he gave me some time here to jump on, which I appreciate because he's a busy man. John Tillery, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing good, brother. Thanks for having me. These bulldogs are gonna get it done. I mean, they're gonna they're gonna oh, get past man. Michigan and conquer the their nemesis in Alabama. I sure hope so. Um, <laughs> I felt a lot better about that game than it turned out. So who knows? I'm usually expecting the worst, but. Um, We'll see. At least we get another yeah. pop at it. They're really good. They never never ceases to amaze me. They always show up. No no easy team to get past. So we'll see what happens. But it's good to be in the. It's good to be in that situation. Yeah, they're um, 
I think this was a good thing for them to happen, though. Like, I think they needed to face some adversity, get beat, and then, like, all right, let's regroup. Let's get fired up. Let's get refocused, and let's give this thing a go. We'll see. I, I think it's gonna. I think it's gonna bode well for him. But we'll have to wait for that. That's, uh, that's sort of get there. Um, I think it's. I think this year the the semifinals are on uh, December thirty first, and then the national championship uh, a week after that. All right, let's get into um, some of your players. We'll start with. Um, let's start with Ricky Fowler, a guy you've been working with for a little while now. Um, Ricky, of course, household name in the game. It's won five times, PGA Tour. But I think what people don't realize, and I want to start with this, is when Ricky came to you, John, you know, one of the underlining principles here, is, here in the goal was to make some changes in his swing that were going to help him protect his lower back. And I've been talking about this lower back with Jason Day now for the better part of three or four days. I had Chris Como on. We talked about the changes they were making and why they were making them, which is basically to save Jason Day's back. And Ricky, maybe not to the nth degree of Jason. I mean, Jason's got some serious back issues. Right. But Ricky was kind of down that same line, too, to protect his back. Yeah, so he had some uh, – he had a few things going on a while back. Honestly, I think even – uh, probably deer and when him and butch i think that was kind of part of the reason um you know butch made some of the changes with him that he did part of it was around that um i think he didn't like a few things in a swing and then obviously uh was trying to trying to give him something that would last a little bit better and not break down or cause injury um so that that kind of had already sort of started um mm -hmm. the reality of it is he was just kind of that was definitely a goal. Um, and then he was just kind of struggling, you know, when we, when we started and, um, trying to kind of piece it back a little bit, uh, doing it a little mm -hmm. different way. So, but yeah, that initially, that was definitely part of it. Um, it's not like he set out to, to make swing changes, um, with Butch or with me or, you know, when I got him, it's not like it was just, you know, feeling great and hitting it great. Um, or we wouldn't have, done anything right or he wouldn't have needed me um so yeah that that was a piece of it originally and we're just trying to trying to kind of tighten things back up and get him back into the feels that he had from how he used to do it a little different way yeah is the back injury with ricky and do you find not injury but like the problematic nagging pain that comes from a golf swing is it with Ricky and other people that you see that when they when they come down they they kind of back up they take take they take on this excessive kind of right bend this way and as they turn through is that where for him and others that you see some of the pain come from? Yeah, I think um, definitely see that. I think with his it was more of how um, you probably remember like right out of college um, just how unbelievably separated. Um, he would get upper and lower and, um, so he kind of okay. some strain on that lower trail side. Um, so like I said, that was a part of it. And he never was in any kind of danger or anything. It's just, he had some red flags and some, you know, things kind of flare up here and there. And it was more of a, Hey, let's get ahead of this. So it doesn't, it isn't some kind of prolonged thing, uh, down the road here, mm -hmm. which was smart by his team, you know? And, um, 
So that was probably sort of what started it. But yeah, his was more from kind of that excessive sort of torque early downswing um, that just kind of set off some some red flags, you know, they wanted to get ahead of. And just talking Ricky swing, like he would, and you and I have talked about this before, like he would kind of spin away a little bit, like his his right hip would kind of spin away from the post. His upper would be, his upper would kind of hang over here to the right a little bit, like inflection. Yeah. And that would put, I can just feel that a little bit in my strain there in my, in my trail side. And that would be something that you guys would set out to do. I think you were talking how he feels a little more loaded, like his pelvis is working a little bit, maybe more diagonal kind of out over his right heel a bit more versus kind of spinning away. Is that, is that accurate? Yeah. I'd say that he got, like you said, sort of that was sort of the pattern of the backswing then obviously back the other way, you know, he's so mobile. Um, that that lower would just was able to, you know, the ability to just pull so far out and around away from that upper. So it's already mm-hmm. kind of off it and sort of closed, if you want to call it that, right? And then the upper or the lower goes flying back the opposite way um, so hard and for so far um, that, you know, there was just a lot of, uh, a lot of strain being put in there. And like I said, he, he's, you know, he never been hurt or whatever, but, um, it was more of a precautionary thing after you had a, some flare-ups. And yeah. so there's been some of that. And then he's done an unbelievable job with um, Derek, his trainer, who is a rock star, has been, you know, wearing him out and staying on top of his health. And he's probably in better shape than he's ever been. So um, just trying, just kind of hitting it from both sides. How would you explain it to the listener and even myself? Because this is something that, that I do in my own swing that I have a lot of followers that have no problem pointing that out to me every time they see me. <laughs> so everybody on the, if you got a Twitter account, <laughs> you got to out. And I'm like, I know I get it. I, that's what I do anyway. So swing your swing. How's that? Me one day that Ricky was laid off. <laughs> so, so my hip, John, like I spin away, you know, like if you put that line on my right hip, that diagonal, like I, I kind of spin away from the post a little bit too. Um, I don't really kind of, ha- I don't have the flexibility as Rick. Like I don't really hang over here in flexion. I kind of, you know, I'm, I'm a little stacked with it, but if, if you were to describe that feeling to a player, look, I don't want you to spin away. I want your pelvis, your right hip to do kind of more of this and get loaded. Like, how would you, how would you word that to him? Yeah, I think it'd be a couple of things. One would just sort of be like the tilts that you're set in, right? Or the mm-hmm. orientation pelvis is in. So it's like if that thing was going to kind of get in motion, like to shift some pressure and then rotate in the plane it was in, you know, how would you do that? So it's like, right. um, I guess the most practical one ever would be if you had that around your hula, uh, hula hoop around your belt line, right? And you had to rotate that thing in plane as you shifted weight, what would that feel like? You know, the other one, the one you're talking about would be um, would, would sort of be steepening the the you know vertical axis of it while it spun it inside out, right? It would shift the baseline of the bottom of that hula hoop out to right field. Right. So do you feel like you're kind of like because um, oftentimes when people spin and then you're kind of getting them over there, they feel like they're swaying, right? They feel like God, I feel like I'm swaying yeah. over here. But right. that right glute, that right glute kind of turns on more, right? It gets more active and you're more on top. So when you turn, you feel like, okay, I'm kind of over here on the right now more. 
now I can kind of go back to the left more and hit it, right? I mean, it's pure, in like in the simplest form, that's kind of really in some ways, I guess for Ricky, what he's feeling, right? And kind of is that loading up and that little difference in the, in the right side of the, the pelvis and, and hip and what it feels like to the top? Yeah, and a lot of those pieces were already kind of in there. That's what I said, um, you know, before I got Ricky like that, he had kind of already done that, honestly. Mm -hmm. You know, um, a lot of the lower body stuff was a lot less than it used to be, at least. Um, and I think that was a little bit in some of the backswing work he had done with not letting it drag kind of as deep and in behind him, that a little bit of that was probably just a byproduct of what he was kind of working in the heels and arms and hands and wrists. Um but, but yeah, I mean, in, in general, it would just be, you know, every other thing you do work to stabilize something, you, you'd stack up your hip over your knee, over your ankle, right. Or mm -hmm. single leg, um, anything you do in the gym. Um, so it'd be like, you know, when you, when you take that thing up the top, it's like, all right, where's my hip around my knee, around my ankle. And that doesn't mean you don't turn. Um, but you know, to some extent, one would be just spinning out, right. That'd be yeah. one extreme, sort of like you're saying. The other one would be, it's like, hey, if I bust through that line or I'm on the outside of my foot or my hip's busting, mm -hmm. um, you know, over here outside of my ankle, then obviously that would be a sway. Right, right. You're trying to find that happy medium, um, obviously, yeah. you know, with, with players. Um, talk about the club for a second with him. You know, like you said, someone sent you a DM and said, hey, he's laid off at the top. Like, Ricky's been laid off his – his whole career as far as i know i mean he was his you know his young days coming out of oklahoma state like the club was like yeah. wolf like matthew wolf and yeah you know and then it would up here it would you know it would kind of fall back where wolf would kind of keep it over there and then he would shout that's right I, was there was there a time where you went after the club with it as well like you know trying to get the club less laid off is that was that ever a like was that ever something you guys addressed yeah so he's always been you know quote laid off at some point right um right. whether he did it in transition or whether he did it sort of as he finished the top of the back swing or even a little earlier than that um so that pattern's always been there it's more of uh how it how it got created and then sort of what that affected down the chain um mm -hmm. but that you know that are probably that we're dealing with a little more for what happens after that but um but yeah, it's not that it was, uh, I mean, like you said, I mean, in the perfect world, would you, would you go and take a brand new golfer and put him up there where he's at at top? I mean, I wouldn't. Right. But, uh, but he's a great player. And like you said, he's always done that. So mm -hmm. um, it'd be the most intrusive change of all for somebody that's yeah. always been. So um, get out there and hit it and figure it out um, that I don't know that that's the, you know, well, I know now, <laughs> I know that that's not really the best way to go about it. Um, so you've kind of built on that now. You've kind of just let the club be where it is. Yeah, to some extent. I mean, there's there's definitely some things he does early in the backswing that if he does them better, it makes it not be so dramatic, right? So for me, it's right. not as much the, it's not as much that it's a little laid off It's or yeah. that it's laid off. It's the sequence of it and how that affects the speed of the club um, mm -hmm. going each way, right? So. Yeah the more that it gets one way and slow and when it's heading that direction and, and, and accelerating a lot late in the backswing is when mm -hmm. it's like, okay, 
we're about to have some things that are about to happen now to sort of get back in time and get back a hold of this thing that's going to affect it down the line. So for me, it's way more of the, the, the backswing work, at least way more the route that we take to get there and the speeds that happen, um, you know, where there's some stability, right? Yeah. Yeah. The club is, it's funny, you know, it's funny what you just said there. I, I, I said, I, I sent a picture out of Jason day. I don't know if you saw it, but it was a picture. It was a picture of him from 2017 at the top of the swing. And then a picture like two weeks ago at the top of the swing. I mean, and it's like, that's not even the same person. I mean, it looks completely different as far as how he was using his legs and, you know, right. the whole thing. Um, and I said, and the reality is, I said on the pod Monday that if, if that person on the left showed up with that lower body to most teachers and the way that his right hips kind of float into the right, he doesn't really turn his leg, you know, he really doesn't turn his hips at all. And it's all thoracic, you know, it's all up here. I said that most, most are probably going to get in there and rewire that a little bit. Now, if it's Jason day, you're like, um, okay, let's, let's think about it for a second here. Like we maybe we don't need to rewire that. You know, how, how's your short game? Oh, you're one of the best short game players in the world. How's your putting? You're one of the best putters, you know? So like you're, you're not so quick to jump in there and start just wiring something that might fit the, your perception or your model or the science or, you know, whatever, it, whatever your beliefs are. Right. In particular, the science, like you're, we know the science says this and, and just because someone's not doing that and they're playing at a high level, you, you kind of, you, you proceed with caution, right? Because it's their, it's their livelihood. You know, it's what they do. They know how to, That's right. they, they know how to make it work. So it's a, it's a sensitive thing. And it sounds like with Ricky, yeah. like it sounds like with Ricky, like the changes with the body are, are the ones that could have the best impact on him from a body standpoint, you know, and protecting the back, but also just from a play standpoint, like he can maybe make some of those changes and, and still play at a high level where that club and you start changing that club and how it then pitches coming down versus what it was like, that's a, would you say a riskier proposition in dealing with someone like Ricky where a 20 handicap, like you said, you're like, wait a minute, give me that club. Let's get the club more over here. Because when we get it over here, the club's going to go here in transition versus when the club's laid off, it, it wants to do this. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's more, it's definitely a problem solving kind of down the chain, right? It's like you're trying to, with these guys, you're trying to get the best bang for your buck, right? So you're trying yeah. to change the one thing that hopefully affects the most. Um, that's the least intrusive way to do it. And then people are wired different. So, I mean, you have to be coaching or teaching to the guy that's in front of, you know, it's like yeah. um, if some people want to, if they're wired in a way that they want to just get it right and, you know, work to death, um, then you can probably feed them a little more if they're if you're trying to get somebody that's shown success and trying to kind of get them back to the same patterns that they had one way or the other, that's a little different thing. Right. And then, yeah. I mean, in the, in the case of like, uh, I know Ricky had some flare ups forever ago with the back, but like you take somebody where it's chronic, like somebody like J day. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, um, and it's that blatantly kind of obvious, right. On sort of where, where that would, some of that pain could be stemming from. Um, you know, I think that that's a, that's a pretty easy sell of, you know, hey, number one, it probably makes more sense, and number two, it's safer. Um, yeah. Right. With somebody like him, and obviously, Como's a smart dude and and knows that. But um, 
you know, I think the things that are right, you have to, you have to be willing to put your neck out there and do what you know is good for them. Um, yeah. If you're never going to change anything uh, or you're scared to put anything in, or you're just a yes man or let them do it the way they've always done it. then they don't really need you. Um, yeah. You know, they, there's no reason for them to pay you. And, and honestly, what I've learned is, you know, if you make the job easier for these guys, they're so talented, right? So if you make, um, you get, you get an athlete, like, my guys, or an athlete like, say Jason yeah. Day, for example, you get them moving more efficiently, and it's just like a vitamin, you know. Yeah, yeah. There's really, nothing to be scary about. Um, if you make it anything you do with these guys that makes their job easier, they're gonna adapt to it just like that. Yeah, I think there's a lot of good nuggets in there and advice as a coach. You know, you're being hired to do a job, so you gotta get out there and do it. And the tough thing is, it's like there's no perfect roadmap, right? Like there's no, right. <laughs> like there's no guarantees, you know? I mean, it's a, it's a weird yeah. thing. There's a weird thing, you know, when you're, when you're working with, um, with players like that. So how do you feel? I mean, Ricky, you guys, how do you feel going into the next season? I mean, how, how is he, uh, is he fired up? He's, you know, he's married now. He's got a baby. He's got, you know, that, that shit changes things, man. Like I got two kids running around like it's, you know, you don't sleep quite as good. You got a little more stress. You got, you know, is he, is he ready to go next year? Yeah, there's no doubt. It's a, it's definitely a game changer, you know, but I mean, I guess the other side of it is obviously gives you even more perspective and it probably makes you want to, um, you know, when you got that at home, you want to go to probably makes you be a little more yeah. efficient with your time when you are away. Um, but yeah, we got together actually last week and, and worked and um, it's, it's steadily trending ever since, you know, kind of late in the year. I mean, obviously we went through our bumps, but I think that, uh, I think we're kind of inevitable for whoever was, you know, in the mix yeah. at that point was going to have to kind of fight through some of this. Um, and, you know, as the, as the message has gotten more and more condensed and, uh, you know, he, he has a really pretty simplified understanding of it now and yeah. there's not much bouncing around anymore. Um, you know, and it's and it's steadily gotten better from there. And you know, we had a good couple of days. And yeah, he's he's uh, he's he's going to be fresh and excited. Well, I don't know how fresh how, how much sleep he's getting, but he's, <laughs> he's definitely uh, he's in a good spot right now. And is you know at home and um and, and having a little downtime here. So yeah, we're looking forward to this year for sure. All right, let's talk about let's talk about another player who you've worked with for a while. Another Georgia guy, bulldog Hudson Swafford, you know, there's, this is a good example. And one that I want to talk about because Hudson is a guy, when you look at him, you know, statistically, I mean, he's gaining on the field off the tee and approach, right? What hurts him is his short game and his putter a little bit. Like if he, you know, he, he won Corrales a while back, Humana. He's got a couple wins, right? Two yeah. Wins? Yep. yeah. Um, and you look at his swing, John, and it's like the face at the top gets a little open sometimes, right? Kind of kind of hangs and gets a little open. And then he, you know, obviously he brings it down and he's an, he's absolute magic through the impact zone um, and, and has this incredible, incredible sense of matching the path, the path and the face and doing all the things that he wants to do. But it's one of those things where you, you look at the open face at the top. And I know there's a lot of listeners right now that are listening to me right now. And I, and I, and I look at the open face and for most of them who are listening, 20 handicaps, 
15, 10 handicaps, right. you're probably going to get in there and close that face a little bit for them so they can develop and, you know, get some shaft lean, learn how to hit the inside of the ball, those types of things. Yep. But a player as gifted as Hudson, who has the face a little open at the top, like what does he do, John, coming down to get that face back to in a good position and hit the shots he wants? Yeah, so he's got a, you know, a little bit of an open face. It probably looks more, uh, you know, it's kind of got a pretty strongish left-hand grip, super-duper weak, you know, probably one of the weakest right-hand grips I've ever seen. So mm -hmm. you put it together and you get some funky-looking wrist up there compared to how little the face really is open, right? Okay. Um, it looks worse than it than it is at, as far as the wrist, or a little more unorthodox, I should say. Um, but, yeah, so his, definitely, right hand, his right hand's way on top? Yeah, super, super weak trail hand grip. Um, and so, yeah, so there's a lot of, you know, as far as the way, the range of where you can twist it, you know, it's, it's tough. He's maxed out that direction. So, um, so yeah, it trends towards open and, um, and then man, he, you know, he's such a, he's such a good athlete. Um, and he's had an awesome coach and he knows, you know, kind of what makes a swing tick. So it's just trying to kind of, you know, before me, I mean, um, just trying to kind of tighten some of these things up for him. Um, he, he really closed the door really hard, really late, right. Catches up to where most people that I know for me, you know, if it was, if I looked that way, if my lead arm, um, you know, was that turned that way that late in the downswing? Yeah. I would hit it so far <laughs> yeah, off the planet, but but you know, he has a couple things. He closes it really hard, really late. Um, and and obviously he's really wide, right? So he doesn't have a ton of shaffling or angles. Um, that'd probably be an impossible pattern to match up if he was deeper in pitch or you know, or had a ton of angles coming in there to get rid of. So that helps him a little bit. Um, he keeps it away from him and then you know, he really turns everything down really hard, really late. And a lot of the stuff we're doing is just um and is, is some lower body things through it to help them do that job easier where it doesn't, you know, cause that's generally speaking, right. That's kind of our miss. It's like the ones that he can't quite catch up to. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. trying to make that a little bit easier for him. And I'm just kind of creeping my way in there on grip and face. It's just a touchy thing. And, you know, he's got the skill set to win. So it's <laughs> there again, you know, it's kind of picking and choosing. I want to make that job easier without be, going the most intrusive route if possible. Yeah, it's like how can you trick him, right, to get that right hand to be just a touch more here, get that face just a touch yeah. more, right? And like you said, I mean, statistically, you know, if you if you just if you didn't see a, a funky looking wrist up there and you just sort of sit beside his bag and watch the balls fly, you'd, yeah, you know, you'd have to wonder why you mess with anything. And uh, oh, yeah. so there's not a ton to do there really, as far as to be you know effective. Um, but yeah, we definitely got some. We got some scoring and some short game stuff in our in our crosshairs, and I think as soon as that cleans up, he's gonna um, just keep getting better. Getting that face. So if you take that face wrist angle, and you had a fifteen handicap, and you were like, that's a huge ask of a fifteen handicap, ten handicap, to learn how to bring that down on a reasonable plane, square it up with just a little shaft lean and support it with the pivot. Like that's a, like as a coach, if you went down that path around that face, that's a trying to teach all the things that Hudson already does really well. Right. Like, cause usually if you see that face with a 15, like you're not, you're not, you're not seeing 
<laughs> the rest of it, like you just explained with right, right, with Hudson, they're they're going about it a different way to get the face back on the ball in a in a way that they can play golf, right? Which we know what those are. They you know they come over it and across the body to the left, or a better player might bring it down reasonably well, but then they'll let it out so much at the bottom and just hit moon balls, right? And just yeah, add loft. And the ball, and they're like, man, I hit it pretty straight. That player will usually hit it fairly straight. Yeah. But they're like, I play in any wind at all, and it's, I'm done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? So, so then you go down the path. All right. I got to, I got to get some shaft lean in there. And it's like, can I do it around that face and wrist angles? It's a tough ask, right? So you get in there, you rewire that grip and that face, and then they come down and let it go, and they're like, oh my God, now it's going. Yeah, you know, like that better player, right? Around that open face can be the difficult one, can be the more difficult one who who kind of gets it down that plane and you know lets it out a little bit. Versus right. if the fifteen is the piece of cake. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's them in ten seconds. I mean, it's it's like come here, let's get that face better. You might hit some poles, but eventually you're going to start turning the shafts. I mean, the shaft's going to be a little more forward, and off you go. Right. But that better player, right? The the three, four, five handicap that makes it work around that open face. Usually you got to have a conversation with that guy, don't you? Yeah, it's tricky for sure. Um, <clears throat> you know, like you said about, you know, people that are able to kind of stay in posture and rotate. Um, that's kind of an easy sell, right? Like when you get right. a little bit of a better yeah. player that's doing that, cause it's like, Hey, um, you know, it's like, uh, so it's like this arm's got to get down. This arm's got to get unturned. This wrist has got to get uncocked uh, <laughs> at some point. So, you know, if, you know, like you said, I mean, luckily for Hudson, the arms get down. He doesn't down cock, doesn't add a bunch of lag. Um, so he's got some things that help him. And then he just kind of out athletes it through there. Um, but, you know, there's still even, at, you know, for him to do that job for anybody, right. To do that job, there's going to be some kind of, there's going to be, they're going to borrow some time from somewhere. Right. So mm-hmm. they're going to back up. They're going to tilt. They're going to stall. They're going to snap their legs. They're going to do something to give the arms kind of, in that rotation time to sort of catch up. So, um, you know, it's like you said with the other guy, you know, you, you twist one guy's clothes and then when he hits it behind him, it's like, well, quit turning. And then I guess you got it kind of upside down on the other guys. Right. It's like, do you want to turn to this thing or not? Cause if right. you do it like this, you're going to shank it. Right. <laughs> right. So, right. Yeah. It's, it, that's uh, it's good. I, I like, you know, I think there's a lot of people listening like, okay, you know, I hear Travis talking about the face angle a lot. What does that mean in the way of development? You know, and, and that open face is problematic usually for the less skilled, less developed players. If you're going to mm-hmm. try to get them to develop, like you got to get after the face. Now, yeah. uh, Hudson Swafford shows up with that face. Okay. Yeah. Like, we're, you know, like, let's, let's slow the boat down just a little bit. I mean, because... He's obviously, he's figured out a lot to make right. it work. And he, I'm sure, I mean, Hudson's got to be able to hit some of the best long irons on the face of the planet. Like, no, he's man. Yeah. It's fun, fun to watch him when he's, when he's synced up, it's pretty fun to stand by there watching him hit four to five irons. So oh, I can't imagine. Make you jealous. He's a big old boy. And yeah, it's uh it's fun to watch. Yeah. All right. Last, last question. Um, I know you got Bryce Garnett coming up who you work with. Um, but Kiz, you work with Kevin Kisner. See, everybody thinks, John, everybody thinks that I don't like Kevin Kisner, which 
<laughs> which couldn't be furthest from the truth because you didn't like him on that Ryder Cup team, though. What's that? I said you didn't like him on that Ryder Cup. No, team, right, right. <laughs> I said exactly. I the, the discussion was of okay, who's going to be on the Ryder Cup? And right. I said, I said I would put Sam Burns on. Yeah. And you know, obviously Kisner has his contingency rigs and all those guys, and they're all over <laughs> Kisner. I'm like. I'm on Sam. So it turned into this big altercation. Like, you don't like Kisner. I'm like, what? I like Kisner. I'm like, who says I don't yeah. like Kevin Kisner? I like Kisner. I just said, oh, I, I, I want Sam Burns on the Ryder Cup, you know, for that golf course, that length. Yeah. And Scotty Scheffler ended up getting it, which was a great pick, right? And it made a lot of sense why. Yeah. Anyway. So. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. honestly, like everybody was uh, up in arms about that. And like me and Kisner were kind of laughing because we knew that. <laughs> I mean, he probably was like gonna get picked. He was I mean, probably like, knew what, <laughs> you know, Greensboro picked off Wyndham, and then it kind of got us in the conversation. But the, you know, the reality of it is, we didn't do what we needed to do in the playoffs to deserve a pick. So um, that is what yeah. it is. And you know, it's like I always say: if you, you know, you don't like not getting picked, then just make the team. Tell my audience, explain Kevin Kisner to the person. Oh. Um, Cause you gotta, I mean, you gotta have some thick skin now, don't you? Have to hang with kids. Yeah, he uh, he's consistent. Start there. Um, <laughs> he's consistent. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's uh, I always tell everybody he's, you know, he can be an asshole, but he's my asshole. And um, he, uh, <laughs> the truth is, kids is actually a really smart guy, and he's a uh, sort of a sandbagger on. Um, you know, cutting up and having fun and messing around. And, you know, he's actually probably the, he's the best student I've ever had. Um, hmm. As far as right out of prescription, right out of plan, I'm going to follow it to a T. Okay. And that's what he told me when we first got together, you know, is um, once we kind of got going, it was just like, look, you tell me what to do. I'm going to do exactly what you tell me to do. And if I don't get better, I'm going to fire you. And like, that's, all you could ever ask for as a coach. And he's been true to that. He, um, you know, he's a really, he really grinds, really works hard. He really wants to do it. He really wants to do it right, which is, you know, that's how I'm wired. So um, me and him have just matched up well because I'm kind of a perfectionist on what I believe in. And he wants to make sure that the reps are right and that he's continuous, continually getting better and his motions getting cleaner and, yada 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 and then he's you know and he's pretty on he realizes how sharp he needs to be um to achieve his goals so yeah so he's um you know he holds everybody on his team pretty accountable expects a lot out of us and um you know but we expect a lot out of him too and you know it's a it's a it's a good uh relationship both ways but yeah he he's the perfect uh work hard play hard but yeah um a lot of that sort of a you know, a lot of that's kind of smoke and mirrors on the, he's an awesome dude and he's fun to hang out with. But I mean, when we're, when we're at work and even on off weeks, um, I mean, it's a, you know, he treats it like a business and he works hard and he's, and he's been an unbelievable student. Just last question. He hits it about what? 290 off the tee. Remember in there? 290 ish. Yeah. Yeah. So how big of a disadvantage in today's game, is it hitting 290 off the tape? Like, just is it is it like an enormous disadvantage, or is it like 
Yeah, it's a disadvantage, but he can, you know, you know, he can do this and this to make up for it. Because we know, like, look, I mean, Bryson's hitting at 330, right? So right. that's 40 yards. I mean, that's if everybody was hitting at 330, Kisner would be in trouble, right? <laughs> but not everybody hits at 330. We know there's a ton that hit at 305 mm-hmm. and maybe 310 and then on down to 300. But in today's game, 290. How, like, just give us a sense of the disadvantage that he's at teeing it up on the PGA Tour. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a disadvantage. Um, it might be, you know, when he's playing well and hitting it well, it's like it's probably oversold a little bit against sort okay. of the middle of the field. But for sure, you know, I mean, Bryson, I mean, yeah. he, he doesn't even count, right? Like, he's a freak. I can't do anything about that. You know, Dustin Johnson can jump on top of my teaching center. I can't do anything about that. So, um <laughs> You know, you have those freak athletes. Um, yeah. That's one thing. But what's amazing about tours is how much it's changed. You know, it's a few years back we were looking and, you know, kids had gained like, I don't know what it was. It was something minuscule, but we were just getting laugh out of it. He added like three or four yards or something and lost over two years, lost 40 spots or 50 spots, you know, actually hit it further and went backwards 50 spots. So it's pretty clear and obvious where the game's going. And, um, you know, the advantage or where you make your hay a little bit right now is the fact that he does hit it down the middle of every fairway. Yep. The fact that it's, you know, when he's playing well, short irons, probably, you know, it's, he never hits crazy shots. Right. right. And then, um, so he does it. He's not prone to any big numbers. And then yep. obviously he's one of the best putters in the world. Um, whether the stats say it or not, as, as they trend, um, I think everybody that knows him or plays around him enough knows that. Um, but, you know, the truth is, yeah, it's a disadvantage. And, you know, but, but what he's done a just, I mean, incredible job of is you look at the events where you definitely can, where there's really not that. I mean, it's always a disadvantage. I get it. You know, yeah, yeah. Harbor Town, wherever somebody doesn't have to drive and you do still. Some courses that kind of bottle them in and some courses that really require some precision. Um, we have to plot it around a little bit more. Um, those courses, you know, there's, I'd say there's seven or eight events every year that really set up well for him. And what he's done that's fascinating to me is, um, is he's played well or knocked a win off or a few top tens or whatever, almost every year at the ones that you have to play well at. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we'd be in a tough spot if, you know, if he played, if he missed a bunch of cuts and all that little stretch, then it's going to be tough for him to have a good year for sure. But, um, <laughs> You know he's doing all he's doing all the right things, taking care of his body, and obviously I know we won't get into it, but uh, you know I totally understand swing wise the things. Um, and if it was that easy, you know, and it was just hanging fruit there, we would have jumped on it. But there's there's a little more to it than that, and um, mm-hmm. so we're just trying to give him the best chance of um, you know staying in staying around and like I said, just keep up doing the things he does well. And for sure, you know, it's a disadvantage, but like I said, there's places that when he's playing good, he can compete anywhere. I get it. Some bombers going off that week. It's going to be hard to catch them, but there's a lot of places that he can still win when he's playing his game. Yeah. He's got four wins, you know, on the PGA tour. It's, it's uh man, it is competitive and it out there. <laughs> on the PGA tour. My wow. It is. It really is. I look at the Corn Ferry Tour. I, you look at these, you know, what's going to, I think, transpire the European Tour. You know, now yeah. it's the World Tour. And now, obviously, in Asia, you got these kids coming. And, I mean, it's 
it's crazy just how it really competitive, is. It's not competitive a, it is. Nobody's in a spot where they want to, you know, I remember used to be, you almost felt like anybody on tour, at least the middle, you know, middle and up if they ever had a year where they ran into um, whatever it may be and, you know, went down. It was almost yeah. like cream of the crop. You almost, you could just see it, right? Like they just run their stuff right back out of there. Yeah. Um, get the car back and I'll tell you what, I, yeah, I don't want any of my guys to have to figure that out or not. Um, it's, it's changed a lot on both ends. I did, uh, there's a show, I'll finish with this. There's a show coming on, what is it, tomorrow? Yeah, Wednesday, tomorrow night on Golf Channel, 7 p.m. I did it for Golf Channel. It's called College Golf Showcase. And we had four of the top collegiate boys, two girls. They played with Rob Regal, Jerome Bettis. It was this charity event that PXG put on. Let me tell you something. These six college kids put on a show. <laughs> I mean, a damn show. Yeah. It was crazy. It's but, it's a different uh, – I mean, that's the way it always goes, I guess. But, yeah, it's a different world. I mean, junior golf, you know, when we take kids and stuff, I mean, at the – you know, the better ones at least, like it's uh, – you know, they're hitting shots and doing things that, you know, a couple high school kids that I teach, I just know, like, you know, when I was in high school, they would have been the – yeah. They'd have been the weirdos, right? They'd have been the freaks if, you know, and they just, you see some stuff that I didn't see when I was in high school. I got an 11 year old just dribbling a driver out there 25 yards behind me already. It's like, ah. yeah. Yeah. Missed, yeah. <laughs> Missed young, man from, young man from Oklahoma um, that played in this and he, uh, you know, so impressive ball striking. I watched it for a day and a half driver. I mean, just, you know, just all over the place. Right. And then in the competition, I can't give too much away, but, you know, like, he, he's like, you know, I'm going to go ahead and make the short game shot. I'm like, okay. He makes it. <laughs> I mean, it's like, you know, scratching my head. Kid from Oklahoma State uh, shot 59 in the practice round before we before we videoed. I mean, just silly stuff. And yeah. the first thing he does, he comes in, he goes, after his 59. He comes in and he's like, you know, I think I need to bend my my irons a little bit. I think they're touch upright. I'm like, stop right there. Mm. <laughs> Just stop talking. Close your mouth. Like you can't come in there and lead. you can't come in and lead with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just nuts. Anyway, yeah, check it out Wednesday night. They put on a good show. Yeah. John, I appreciate it, bud. I appreciate you. Uh, don't show me that those unread texts and emails. It gives me anxiety. I don't know how you live like that. Um, I appreciate you coming on, buddy. Merry Christmas to you. All right, brother. Y'all too. Thanks for having me. Okay, man. See ya. Let's take a second to talk about the folks over at Encore Golf. Encore has earned a reputation across the golf industry and with golfers everywhere for its combination of value, performance, and customer service. Their team in Buffalo, New York, is flipping the script on golf technology through perimeter-weighted balls made with the high-density particles and proprietary nanotransitional layer offering players enhanced accuracy, control, and distance. Encore recently added the Vero X1 to its suite of award-winning golf balls, one that already included the Golf Digest Gold-Rated Elixir and Low Compression Avant 55. Through its full suite of golf balls, Encore can help transform any golfer's game. Visit EncoreGolf.com backslash Travis Fulton for more info about Encore and start revolutionizing your game. Now back to the Stripe Show podcast. 